0: Something we've been curious about this broadcast. T minus
1: 10, 9, 8, 7. And we have main engine start 5, 4, 3,
0: 2, 1, and
2: liftoff. This is TGP Nominal Extra. All systems remain nominal, 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 nominal.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to TGP Nominal Extra. And that can only mean one thing looking up at the skies and we're going to do that with Ross Hockham from UK Astronomy. How you doing sir?
1: Very good mate as always always happy always good yourself?
0: Yeah all good at the minute a lot of plans in action as you as you know about and uh, let's hope they all come to fruition. What have you been up to lately?
1: Well the biggest thing was a duncible downs wasn't it? We're up there with the National Trust and Dark Sky Wales learning about the skies and I ended up getting roped into another night as you do. Luckily, though, they changed it. So the first two nights was the family nights, which is what I love. You know me. I'm all about kids and families. Yeah. Inflatable solar system. Love it. They absolutely love it. So that's the part that I really enjoy. So luckily, I ended up doing both of the family nights instead. And then Darts Go Wales came along and did the Valentine's Romantic Night. So the good news was that I didn't have to write a new talk (laughs) all about romance in the skies and stuff. But I'm sure I can make one up if anyone's interested. (laughs) And yeah, and then we... uh, They actually broke it down, instead of having four talks for me to do, because they split into four groups, like 150 people split into four, so there wasn't a massive, you know, people each hit. They uh, decided to skip one of them to split into three, so then the last one I could go outside with the telescopes and then anyone who wanted to could then just come out afterwards and just see whatever they wanted. So it worked really well. It worked really well. It's a really, really good event. And we were lucky, man. Every single night was clear. (laughs) That never happens. Like last weekend, I went away to my dad's because Amber, my niece, she told her school that I teach people about, you know, the stars and stuff. This is down in Richmond and I live in Milton Keynes. Yeah, she bullied her teachers into giving me an email and asking me to go and do a talk. (laughs) So I ended up going to her school, bless her, teaching her, which was really nice for me. That's, you know, something that really, you know, just being an amateur guy who's never done it five years ago to now have gone to your niece's school and talk. That's a little, you know, bit of emotion there for me. (laughs) Did four talks there for them. And then I went down to my dad's for the weekend, which is Horsham, Billingshurst. And it's meant to be nice and dark down there. And I had the scopes in the car already because I did the talk. So I thought, yeah, let's go for it. Horrible weather. The whole weekend was just like a storm.
0: (laughs) Now, all I can say to that is it must be something to do with the National Trust because every time you do things down at Stowe House yeah you get good weather yeah and, touch wood there's and,
1: another one in october so
0: <laughs> and now you've done another national trust event at Dunstable downs and yeah the weather's been good
1: i know i was thinking one clear night would be cool that would be nice every single one so yeah we we're really lucky with weather it's a really good event Dunstable downs are fantastic they really looked after us and helped us out booked us in for another few so i think july august december we've got a few more coming up so if anyone wants to come along Fingers crossed, National Trust Clear Skies.
0: Excellent. We're gonna come back after a short break and when we come back, let's get into the big black.
2: Hi, I'm Matt Damon. I play astronaut Mark Watney in The Martian. In the story, my character is accidentally stranded on Mars. Sending people to Mars and returning them safely is the challenge of a generation. The whole world held its breath when the Curiosity rover landed in 2012. The boot prints of astronauts will follow those rover tracks thanks to innovations happening today. NASA's journey to Mars begins on the International Space Station, some 250 miles overhead, where we're learning how humans can thrive over long periods without gravity. Here at home, people are working across the country on the new Orion spacecraft and Space Launch System rocket that will carry astronauts farther than ever before. When we invent new technologies for exploration, it benefits all of humanity. But more than that, the journey to Mars will forever change our history books, rewriting what we know about the red planet and expanding a human presence deeper into the solar system. Follow NASA's journey to Mars at www.nasa.gov.
0: On canvas with paint in the artist's school, it is red that is hot and blue that is cool. But in science we show, as the heat gets higher, a star will glow red like the coals of a fire. Raise the heat some more, and what is in sight? Behold, the star glows bright white. But the hottest of all, I say unto you, is neither red nor white, when a star has turned blue.
2: This is TGP nominal.
0: So, Russ, March.
1: Well, we like March because, for me, it's when uh, the last sort of astronomy kind of ends, as I say. Like the proper astronomy, because the dark season is kind of over. It's usually October to March. I say to people, if you want to book an event with us, at stargazing. Do October to March, because as we know, March the clocks go. What's it? They go. They go forwards. They go backwards. Never remember. Yeah. They go forwards, which we will be discussing at the end of this. Yep. Because we've heard rumours about things, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> Most of March at the moment. The planets are all up in the morning. So most of it is morning stuff, I'm afraid, so you're going to have to be an early bird. So let's start with the dates, shall we? So we've got the 10th and the 11th. I always say 10th to the 11th because it's kind of the 10th night, but then rolls on to the 11th morning. So I'd say the 11th in the morning. You've got uh, the gas giant Jupiter is up and it's rising earlier now, so it's up at sort of like 3 a.m. So, you, you know, you can either go to bed for a bit and then get up or stay up if you're crazy like me and watch it rise and then the planets in the morning. The 11th, as it rises in the southeast, Saturn will be rising just behind it, probably not long after, it's about 4 o'clockish, ish maybe, which is about the time you want to have a, a look at Jupiter. So grab a telescope, possibly some binoculars, you're going to be able to watch and see two of Jupiter's moons, Ganymede and Europa. They're going to slowly move kind of towards the planet, and then eventually transit it itself. So they're going to go in front of the planet and move across in front of it, which you can see. And you're also going to notice that its other moon, Io, it's going to be moving in from the other side. So as they go around and across the front of it, Io is then going to be moving down and behind it. So it's actually going to disappear behind the planet. So you're going to see two go in front, one disappear behind, which gives you a real sense of like the direction of their orbit and how they move around this massive gas giant. They almost bring in like the moon's orbits to life to see out there. So that's quite a cool thing to see that happen at the same time. So if you're out on the 11th morning, definitely have a pop out and see if you can find Jupiter. <laughs> we move on to the 13th of march it's now time for the well, what should be well-known moon phenomenon because we speak about it almost every month don't we <laughs> i think mark can probably guess what it is <laughs> it's the lunar x and v it's a cool thing to see because it's, it's generally where the terminator i'll be back or the shadow as i call it just hits the tips of several craters or the tops and it makes the effect of letters on the moon so it's something cool for kids to see if you've got a pair of binoculars around about the middle of the moon and yeah it just makes the tops of them shine out against the shadow below it's only visible for about a few hours just after dusk i'd say so yeah let's pop out there have a little look see if you can see the x and the v if you get a picture of it stick it in the facebook group <laughs> And while we're on the moon, moving from that date to now the 17th, now this is a new one on me. I've never heard of it, but I read it in a magazine, and it's called Cassini's Moon Maiden. So hopefully, you, you know, we've heard of the man on the moon. Uh, it's like an effect at the dark marae that can be seen by just your eyes or binoculars. There seems to actually be a maiden there too. But you are going to need, probably, a telescope to see it. Now, this is going to be complicated. I've got to try and explain where it is. This is going to be fun. Towards a part called the Promontories Heracles, which is what I'm going for. It's their southern extreme. I will get a picture for Mark to put on his uh, his notes, so you can actually see it and where it is, so it's easy for you to find. And if you've never heard of it, which I hadn't until now, it seems to actually be in fact part of uh, the Monte Dura, which we spoke about. I think was it last month, Mark?
0: Yeah, it was last month. Yeah.
1: It's a mountainous cape, and it's situated in uh, the Mare Imbrium, which is a really large Mare, which is quite easy to find. So if you can find that, in fact, this mountain range kind of skirts a slightly smaller semi-circular Mare that's within Mare Imbrium, and that's called Sinus or Sinus Iridum. <laughs> it's got Imbrium and Iridum. Probably not said right, as we know. <laughs> you know, I, know I know you me constellation corrections and how I can actually say them right, but now we're talking about bits of the moon. So you've got one big Mare on the top left, If you're looking with binoculars, there's another sort of semi-circular one attached to that. It's that mountain range that goes around that one. So it's a craterous mountain range that's skirting a smaller mare that's part of a larger mare, if that makes sense. (laughs) So if you view this point where the mountain range goes around and right down to its southern sort of tip where it's then going into almost the larger mare, that's where the maiden is. But they say you have to really see it inverted to make it work. So you have to have like a reflector, one that's got a mirror or a telescope like that or you know sit upside down if you can do that in your garden and look at the moon and apparently on the very tip of this sort of like mountain range as it goes out you'll be able to see what looks like a, a lady sat on a rock and it looks like she's got flowing hair flowing down into the mare and as I said I've not seen this yet I've only seen pictures but it does appear that the the, the raised mountainous region creates this illusion so it's definitely one that I'm going to try and spot and have a look for because I think it sounds quite cool and if it's something else you can look and see we'll go for it but as I said it is quite complicated to explain where it is so I've tried my best but we will get a picture I know I can find a picture to send to Mark that he can stick on his notes for you so I'll make it a lot easier to find and if we go to the 18th or the 19th look at Jupiter again and in the morning around 4 a.m. when it rises again this time you're gonna have the moon Ganymede going across but it's not actually going to go across the planet it's already going to have passed the planet but its shadow should then be on the planet itself so around 4am and after that you'll see the shadow moving across the planet and you're actually going to see also there's three of its moons to one side. So you'll have three moons quite close together on one side with the shadow on the planet. And then to the other side, you've got Io. Io seems to be different. It seems to want to do the opposite to the other moons at the moment. And it's going to slowly drift across the planet to join the others. Careful in the morning if the sun rises. You don't want to burn your eyes out. Disclaimer, don't sue me. Thank you very much. <laughs> so don't look at the sun. But yeah, so you'll be able to see the moon go across the planet. And then all of the moons are going to be on one side. So you'll see them drift over and move just to one side. So that's quite cool to see. And on the 20th, about 10 p.m., apparently our sun's disk officially crosses our celestial equator, so the middle, pretty much, of the Earth. It moves from the south to the north hemisphere, and that is said to mark the northern hemisphere's spring. So technically, it is officially spring, and it should get warmer, which is good for me because I rode a motorbike all year.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's also known as the vernal equinox. It means that the length of daylight will pretty much be expanding at its fastest rate today. For that day, that's the fastest rate that, you know, daylight is going to be expanding for the year. So, and as I said, hopefully warmer weather's on its way. I mean, last year was quite a good summer, wasn't it? It was quite warm.
0: Yeah, amazing. I think we went right through June, right up till nearly September, wasn't it? It was quite yeah, warm. Yeah, we've been quite
1: lucky. Weather-wise, it's been terrible for astronomy. But last year, I think, was actually not too bad. And this year so far has been pretty good. We've had quite a lot of clear nights. Generally, when I'm working or doing something, I saw when I was reading the magazine on the front, they were saying, I haven't actually read into it yet, so I'll be quite interested to read and maybe talk about it next month, is they reckon the sun's getting hotter, weather is gonna change on earth and blah, blah, blah. Whether or not it's true or not, I'm going to have to have a read of that and maybe next month talk a little bit about the sun and find out what they're talking about. Because I think it was in its minimum, wasn't it? Yeah. So maybe it's coming into its maximum now. We'll find out. i have to talk about it next month. See what the weather's doing. So 25th, 26th. It's over to the morning sky again, I'm afraid. There'll be a nice little conjunction, which is a nice naked eye thing to see. Don't need any equipment or anything at all. Pop out over coffee. It's going to be between the planet Jupiter, a waning moon, and the star Antares, which is, uh, they're going to form a nice little triangle. There's lots of triangles. To be fair, you can make a triangle out of anything if you have three dots anywhere. But these form a nice little triangle between the moon, Jupiter, and Antares. Uh, Antares, the star, it's got a very distinctive reddish sort of look if you're looking with the naked eye. And it's often mistaken for the planet mars which i think we've discussed before it's still up in the night sky mars at the moment so that's always good to see so you can actually see mars and then in the morning as mars goes down Antares will come up and you can see the difference between the two so yeah unfortunately with mars at the moment though there's you know we're moving well away from it now we've gone past it almost probably like oh, over a year ago we went past it didn't we? we must be coming back to it surely soon. yeah it should be but no we drifted away from it there's there's no detail to be seen i've looked at it myself for a telescope but you can it does have sometimes it has a very very faint phase because almost like think about it, like 80 or 90 percent so you have a little bit of dark so it doesn't look like a full red circle so you can actually make out it's a bit of a planet there but yeah it's still cool to see up in the sky you can see it there nice and bright mars to the right of sort of uh well i say to the right of taurus it's going to join taurus soon but we'll talk about that in a minute so yeah mars is up in the morning there 25th 26th lovely little conduction why not have a look
2: the voyages of TGP Nominal and its infinite mission to explore space, science and technology news, to explore the world of sci-fi, comic cons and gaming, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before.
1: So then the next morning, funnily enough, it's back to the morning. So you've got Jupiter. Again, it's rising at around 1.30 a.m. Grab a scope, because at around 2.30 a.m., you'll see a double eclipse of the moons Io and Europa. This one's a little bit different, because it does rise at 1.30. The best time to see it is usually around about 4 o'clock, because it's higher. But 2.30, it's still going to be quite low in the sky, but if you can get a good vantage to go and have a look at it, you'll see two moons, Io and Europa, they're actually going to go and disappear into jupiter's shadow and then behind the planet so before they actually go behind the planet you'll see the two moons almost seem to disappear in space and no one's stolen them no aliens have been there and abducted them or anything it's just they're going behind the shadow which is quite cool in my head to actually see you know two moons disappearing behind the planet jupiter's shadow it's awesome So it is is a bit of a challenge because it is going to be low on the horizon, but definitely pop out and see if you can see it. If you've got a scope, why not? And then the next morning, there's a lot of early mornings. So this one's sort of like the 27th, 28th, so the 28th morning. Got a nice waning crescent moon, and that's now going to be between the two planets, Jupiter and Saturn. So it's going to be nicely sat in the middle there. If you take a peek at Jupiter around that time or in the morning, about 2 a.m. I think it is again, it's going to be low, but why not have a look you'll be able to see the uh, moon Io transiting the planet from about 2 a.m. So that's going to go across the front of it. So if you missed any of the other ones, you have another opportunity towards the end of the month to go and have a look. And then the next morning. <laughs> so you've got like four early mornings. I don't, I don't think I'm going to get up for all of them. <laughs> but the next morning, so the 28th to the 29th, so 29th morning, Saturn is literally right above the moon literally right above the Moon, they they look really close in the sky. They're not literally that close, you know, they're, they're millions of miles away. But in relation to Earth and our sky's view and where we are and how we see it, Saturn will be just there, above the Moon. You should, hopefully, be able to get both of them in one eyepiece, definitely in binoculars, but in one eyepiece of your telescopes, you should be able to get it there. So you might even be able to get a really good picture. If you put a, a DILASAR camera or CCD or whatever cameras you like to use into your telescope, get pictures it'd be a nice picture of the moon and Saturn together so definitely one to go and have a look for that'd be a bit of fun and then the last day the 31st Mars moves close to the Pleiades or the seven sisters which as we know I think we've spoken about them before lovely bright blue cluster of stars nice newborn stars really cool to look at easily seen by the naked eye, So you can find them just to the right of Taurus the Bull, which is just to the right of Orion so if you follow Orion's belt up to the right Taurus is there it's like a V the big red star to the right of that you'll have Mars and Mars will be right there for the Pleiades so again a really nice contrast of colors you've got the red Mars it looks like a blob of blood as our ancestors said and then the bright blue clusters So great for pictures and photographers and astrophotographers and then this date also marks the start of British summertime this year so right at the very end it's the last Sunday that we always do it but we'll talk about it in a second <laughs> Something else that's happening this month, these two things are happening towards the end of the month. So around about the 24th to the 31st of March is a good time to see these two phenomena that happen in the sky. And one is called the, uh, the zodiacal light. Although it's quite hard to see, you do really need a dark sky to go and have a look because all the sodium and LED lights kind of wash it out a bit. But uh, yeah, dark sky definitely has its advantage here. But it's pretty much what you're seeing is where dust along the uh, ecliptic plane, dust scatters the sunlight, creating like, a, it's almost like a white glow in the sky. And its widest point is near the horizon. And it kind of goes up and thins up between Orion and Auriga, the two constellations. So it's around there between those two, just as the sun sets. If you're in a nice dark sky, enjoy the sunset, take some pictures, and see if you can see this phenomenon. It will be up through Aries to Taurus, sort of between the Triangulum. Auriga, Orion, so all around that sort of area of all the constellations is where you can see it. I've not seen it yet myself, but I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye out for it and hopefully going to our dark sky site in uh, Steeple Claydon, Great Moor Sailing Club. Lovely there, really nice and dark. What you're looking for really is kind of, uh, it's like a rounded conical shape tilted from the horizon. I'd say to the left. Uh it is a naked eye object, so you don't need anything at all, but a camera with a wide angle lens would be your best bet at picking it up because as we know, cameras pick up light a lot better than our eyes do. But that's something cool that, you know, for the end of the month, if you're out there, have a little peek. You might see this sort of white conical shape up in the sky and think, what's that? And it's actually, you know, it's dust from us all being, you know, all the sunlight being scattered from. It. It's quite cool. <laughs> Again, around the same time, so towards the end of the month, there's apparently a possible chance to see some aurora or the northern lights. Because uh, Apparently, at this time, our planetary magnetic field can weaken sort of around the equinox, creating cracks in it where the sunlight can almost kind of like it drives through these cracks and then that helps drive the display because when it reaches our atmosphere, it ionizes and creates all these lovely colors across our skies. And apparently, this time of year, is one of the best times to see them so hopefully if you're out there you might see both of these things if you're lucky i do have to mention venus venus is unfortunately now slowly slipping back towards the sun this month so make the most of it at the beginning of the month where you can fantastic to see in the sky lots of people have been asking me what this really bright light is in the morning sky it's venus the goddess of beauty mercury does pop up above the morning horizon But um, it's really quite hard to see, so I wouldn't really worry about it too much this month. And then the last thing, but not least, is don't forget that the clock's change on the 31st. Apparently. (laughs) There's a rumour, isn't there, we've heard, or you you read somewhere, and I have have heard the rumour for the last couple of years about them talking about maybe scrapping it.
0: Yeah, but I'm not actually sure which way it's going to go to be honest with you and i can't work out whether they're going to make it so that it's british summertime all year round or
1: that'll be a a pain
0: it will (laughs) or whether they're going to keep it as gmt or as they say in the the military and in uh, the space industry they call it utc which is universal time coordinated
1: wow (laughs) <laughs> as in, Or, as we call it, normal. Yeah. <laughs> British time. See, both have their pluses and their minuses, don't they? That's the thing. Like, for me as an astronomer, I don't want British summertime. I, yeah. I want it to be darker, don't I? If you know what I mean. Yeah. But then you were saying about kids walking home from school and stuff mm-hmm. in the dark. So you're kind of like, oh, man, which one's best? Blah. So, yeah, who knows? We don't know whether they're going to do it in March and then it's going to stay like that. Or they're going to... I don't know. Someone's actually... Surely, like, some politician or something's going to have to come out and actually announce it, aren't they, surely, and say, that's it. Yeah. And I haven't heard anything yet. But if there's grumbles there already, they have been talking about... I think they they must have been talking about it for at least the last five years or something that, you know, everyone always goes, what's the point? All it does is, you know, make people forget. So... (laughs)
0: Yeah, because like, getting I, I'm,
1: late for work or early for work, or
0: I read somewhere that it was going to be possibly this year, but I haven't heard anything else since. So mm. we'll just go with it's going to be just normal for now. But and, yes, uh,
1: don't take our word for it. <laughs> I'll go into the history a little bit. We did about it last year, but we're just just in case anyone you know is new listening. We discussed in last year's that it's actually an American politician and inventor, Benjamin Franklin, apparently, who first came up with the idea. He suggested that if people got up earlier when it was lighter than it would save on candles nowadays we don't have can well we do but candles are more just for you know romanticism or in emergencies yeah <laughs> be careful with candles by the way my day job's a firefighter so make sure they're on a proper holder and away from net curtains <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 1907 it was then an english builder called uh william willett wasn't it yeah published a leaflet called the waste of daylight which encouraged people to get out of bed earlier i try and do that with planets enticing them out in the morning to see some planets uh, yeah. but he himself often got cross apparently because he was unable to finish his game of golf because the sun went down
0: <laughs> as we distinguished, that he was the great grandfather of chris martin from coldplay
1: yes there was a relation there's a link there wasn't there I <laughs> yeah for that
0: as i worked out last time that the song that coldplay did called clocks was possibly about that situation
1: there you go now everyone there's going to be a big hit on his uh, his YouTube channel and stuff now for that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't until 1960 that it was finally, apparently decided to make it law. But unfortunately, William Willett was already dead by then. Yeah. <laughs> he died the year before, so he never actually got to see it. And it's now us who have to suffer with that. <laughs> with the changes yeah and that's that's my month's guide and if anything new comes up or anything news discovered i'm sure mark will let you know in his brother podcasts or on our facebook group or our website yeah look
0: so what have you got planned for this month anything at all
1: i've got two care homes where i'm going in and teaching uh, some elderly about the sun because even when you're old you can still learn we can teach anyone about the sky. it's never too late to pick up a telescope and have a look So yeah, I've got a couple of care homes to do. I've got a school as well. We're going to go and teach the school. And I think that's it. So I think I'm going to try. This month is kind of like a little bit quieter as last month was mad. So I'm going to try to actually get out myself and hopefully see some of this stuff I just spoke about because then I can talk to you about it next month. But if not, there's always something I can see and something I can find and talk about. There's loads out there. So yeah, generally, I'm going to go and enjoy myself for a bit, have a bit of me time, I think.
0: dot weebly.com That's so ross it's been an absolute pleasure having you back on the show again
1: thank you for having me it's always nice to talk and listen to my own voice
0: <laughs> and uh, everyone out there don't forget to listen to the main show which will be on later in the month it might be a little bit later than it normally is because this episode is going out later than it normally does but yeah keep listening and we'll speak to you all again real soon well that about wraps it up for this episode of tgp nominal if you want to get in
2: touch with us then send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com where your input is our output or click the social media icons at the top left
0: of the page over at tgpnominal.weebly.com If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. And you can listen to me going solo, bringing you the latest in movies and home theatre for regular people in the Widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us.